You're listening to The G-Factor with Lauren and Tony, a weekly microcast offering a variety of unique ways to market your business or organization. Now, without further ado, here are the hosts of G-Factor, Lauren Doherty and Tony Van. You know, when I was a kid, Lauren, I used to just wait, wait, wait by the front door until my mom would come back from the mailbox with the mail, because I just knew every day there has to be something there for little Tony Van. And every day there wasn't, but then one day there was, and I got a a postcard from the Captain D's birthday club. Were you ever a member of the Captain D's birthday club? We didn't really have Captain D's around here. I don't think so. Were you ever a member Maybe of any, any birthday club at all as a kid? Any of that? Um, I remember like Pizza Hut did something special Pizza for your Hut. birthday. Okay. Right. Besides the reading the book thing. I mean, I'm sure a lot of places did, but I don't remember like really birthday clubs. But, you know, my memory is really bad. Too, well, so. it's, I'm sure there was. I'm sure. But I guess what I'm really honing in is how special it was that you got that, you know, that piece of mail and it was right yeah. to you and you know, it was directed specifically and it was what you wanted. And, and that is the same feeling I feel like is as marketers that we're trying to achieve every single time that we're trying to send out an e-newsletter. But the problem is that over time, just as adults, our e-newsletters oftentimes become like those bills in the mail, where instead of the excitement of looking for the birthday postcard, we get the birthday postcard from our insurance salesman and we're like, oh my God, you can tell this is an automated piece, right? Mm-hmm. It's totally different. So I think this week what we're going to talk about is potential e-newsletter do's and don'ts and or how to really increase that connection between your uh, organization, your brand and that audience. Right. So, so I mean, still, we want it to definitely be, you know, capture that excitement like you had. And quite frankly, that's funny because, you know, we talked about that during the pandemic, that was like the highlight was going to get the mail, you know? (laughs) Right. And so we want to bring that excitement to the inbox. I would love to bring that excitement with every email, you know, marketing email sent or received for sure. Right. But definitely um, it's something we want to discuss today, you know, kind of the challenges, some tips um, to create that excitement and get your email opened. Um, but also maybe like put down some thoughts or debate or questions on, you know, is email marketing worth it or is it working? And quite frankly, the answer here is it is, yes, very much alive, well, and working and a time-tested channel. I mean, um, we mentioned in the last episode, some worries about the iOS updates and mail privacy protection features and different things with that, you know, tracking information basically. And there was a lot of concern. I think that's dialed back and marketers have adjusted. So that is one thing I do want to talk about really quick is basically it, you know, those changes did have some, those will impact your data on open rates in some instances, um, especially for Apple users, which is fortunately and unfortunately as, you know, marketing professionals, uh, most people are using Apple products, specifically mobile. 
So um, the thing that I would recommend is still, yes, track your open rates. You probably saw a jump um, because basically um, with an Apple device, a lot of things are marked as red, even if they are not red. So your open rate is higher in general. But much like on social media, we're really pushing to track engagements because it's great if someone opens your email, but you want them to click something or read something or, you know, take advantage of a call to action. So don't just track the open rates. Um, those do, you know, gauge interest or relationships. People are still paying attention if they're opening, but those actions are really more powerful metrics. So definitely track things like your clicks. Um, and see what they're particularly clicking on, as well as like any type of conversion. So that might be pushing to your website or making a purchase, uh, buying a ticket, um, filling out a form, making a download, whatever those conversion points are for you, make sure you're tracking those and probably paying you know quite a bit more attention on those. Um, the other thing that is of interest is that um, you know, when it comes down to the, you know, is email marketing working or worth it question that we kind of often get is the number of emails sent every year are continuing to rise. So that is definitely a concern because you are, I mean, it's great. Uh, more people are taking advantage of the tool, but it is a concern because you're still, you know, pushing through that inbox and it, it's kind of a challenge, you know, making sure that, you're, you're getting the attention, that excitement um, in the inbox compared to someone else, or if, you know, they're getting too many emails and yours just gets, you know, deleted without even being read or clicked on. So something else we wanted to talk about, but, you know, just first and foremost, we are here to support the email marketing <laughs> tactic. So we still think it's a viable tool. So we're pro email, right? I mean, we come down to yes. like, we are pro email. <laughs> yes. And so. I don't know if you do a lot, but I I get that question pretty frequently, um, especially as of late, people asking or saying, I don't think it works. And uh, there's a ton of data out there to support that. Yes, in fact, it does. It is a high return on a pretty minimal investment. Generally, it's more so time. Um, but we can talk about a couple of automation tips, too, to help with that time. But well, I think you've, I really think you've hit the nail on the head and I don't, um, I don't want to offend anyone, but I guess I will be the offensive one uh, in on the podcast, which is, it still takes time. I think that everyone really wants to push the easy button. Uh, right. And the reality is that uh, you brought up that you need to track. I mean, you need to know uh, what people are A, interested in and B, clicking on and going through. But then the next part is, what are you doing with that information? I mean, the reality is you can send an email out and you can get information back. Are they interested in you know converting on your website? Are they interested in clicking through to your social? But what are you doing with that? And I think that's probably the question I always get. And it's very frustrating, honestly, on our, you know, my side is like, yeah, so it is actually working, but what are you working to make it to make it work? Like a better term. And I think, you know, I think that's probably the most, you know, controversial side of that is that, you know, there's nothing that's um, really, you know, easy about it. Now you just kind of tease and I'll let you kind of take this over, but there is a lot of, like you mentioned, automation, there's software that automates it. There are funnel builders that automate it. And I'll let you kind of go from there. But even those, when we get down to it, um, there's still there's still some muscle work at the end. So absolutely I'll shut up now. for sure. Um, 
Yeah. So let's kind of dive into some tips and I'll, I'll wrap up with a couple of challenges or maybe I'll kind of intermix because some of these tips will kind of alleviate some of these challenges. So one of those is just deliverability. Um, and that is basically your list, you know, turning over or you having viable emails to make it to the inbox. So one statistic that I saw was a quarter at this point, um, a quarter of your list will probably go bad in this year will expire this year. And why? Wow. 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 Yeah. Mainly, this is interesting. Mainly it is because employment changes. So yes. So a lot of people use their work email for personal, you know, newsletter signups, or, you know, if you're more in like a B2B world, those contacts will change because of the great turnover, you know, um, in employment this year. So if you're seeing that it's not a surprise, people are, you know, the great (laughs) people are quitting, people are changing priorities, people are, you know, applying and getting hired at new places. So that's to be expected. Um, especially in kind of the B2B world. So let's talk about a couple of things that can help with that. One is just making sure that you are cleaning and updating your email contacts all the time, whether that's monthly, weekly, whatever that looks like for you, depending on the size of your list, make sure that you keep up with that. Second to that is never stop cultivating those new leads and lists. So good. Right below that is, you know, to get people on your list, you have to actually ask or put opportunities in front of them to fill out this form. Tell me what interests you. And this will sign you up for our email newsletter, you know, or email marketing alerts, whatever, you know, you kind of have, whatever your structure is. So those are three big players right here um, that I feel like are pretty, you know, easy to solve. It's just like you said, taking that time to do those steps. Um, cleaning the list, cultivating the list, and just not forgetting to ask people to, you know, opt in and keep your list really, really nice and clean. Um, One other thing that is kind of a challenge is, you know, like we mentioned before, are those iOS updates and, you know, things of that nature, privacy acts, you know, first party data protection um, will continue, you know, those will update probably yearly. There could be new like state level laws enacted at any point. There's already several consumer privacy acts in place. So that's something that's never going to go away. It's just, how do you work within these parameters and, you know, abide by the rules basically. Yeah. Um, and the same thing, the other challenge is, you know, spam filters. So they continuously get improved as well. So there are a lot of things to combat, but one way to do so on those two fronts is to try to make your emails like a two-way communication. So if you think about it, if you're sending a marketing-based email, you know, generally from like a service, a constant contact or an automated something, it's not really the same as like Lauren sending a more personal email, right? That's if I send it from Lauren, I'm probably, you know, it's more conversational, it's text-based and I'm asking for something in return. We'll try to think about those things in a marketing reply type email, get people to reply to something, Um, not just, you know, thinking about those clicks or those conversions or making a purchase, get them to reply. And then later the spam filters will think that it's an email they're wanting because they've also emailed back to that address. So I think that's a really good tip to try not to like toot my own horn, but I think that's something to really strive for. Yeah. And that can help both of those issues. 
Um, a couple of other just tips. I mean, those are kind of the challenges that I thought about, I guess, before I move on, are there any other challenges that, you know, like you're seeing or thinking about that you think are big? I would always look back at your content and make sure your content is king and that it's relevant. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned the fact that, you know, you can't send out a, a, you know, a happy new year's, um, you know, e-newsletter like in March or April, you know, don't, don't push content that's wrong or that's just for, you know, the sake of doing it. Uh, the se- second thing is if you're going to put out content that is uh, showcasing your organization or the product or services, make sure that you do it well. I mean, it is uh, it is a constant conversation. So make sure that you, you know, uh, attract the attention of the consumer to get them, make sure that it's written well, make sure that it attracts the attention and make sure that it uh, creates some type of conversion. That conversion can be everything as much as they read it to they clicked on something to they called you or filled out a form. So there are several ways of, of doing that. Um uh, you kind of went through it a little bit. I'll talk a little bit on the website side, if I can, for just a moment. And yeah. the funnel conversion itself, you know, uh, just kind of pulling out some names, whether it's Ad Demand or Zapier, there are a lot of ways to basically create a, a funnel so that, uh, you know, there's a, a consistency where, you know, you get somebody that has an email, then they get a follow-up email, and then that goes into, you know, kind of a automated list system, and that list system goes into a drip. So there's a whole protocol that can happen, and you don't even have to, to mess with it. Um, you know, there are things that are built in within uh, several content management systems uh, now that really work pretty well, so that, um, you know, kind of you'd be surprised at what people are offering additionally. So I think MailChimp mm-hmm. has one, Constant Contact has some, uh, mm-hmm. I think Drip has one. So, I mean, look at those. Uh, there's something uh, valuable, like Lauren said, getting that first touch is great, but if they respond, get that second touch. Make sure that you get an automated email that comes in the second that says, you know, thank you so much for you know, your interest or clicking on that or contacting us, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be something specifically for you from you, but, you know, put in a little token in there, like Tony, I'm really excited that you're excited about our, you know, leather bound shoes with spikes on the bottom or Tony, I'm really excited about your trombone that records itself at night or whatever it happens to be. So, you know, make sure that you, you know, really are aggressive with that. And, um, yeah. Something else that is really speaking of automation and AI, you know, basically don't be afraid to try it, test it, you know, look into some of these tools. The other thing that I stumbled upon data wise is as far as someone clicking something in your email, you know, generally when you get something, you know, automated, it's more like, you know, you got an email one and then you're interested in, you know, this pair of shoes. So then later you get that email just like trying to push you to buy that pair of shoes, or maybe it has a coupon, like it's very specific, right? It's dialed in. So those dialed in emails get 119% higher click rate than those that are not automated and personalized. So if, you know, you were on the fence about automation or a little bit weary, I think that data right there alone is very significant to super, think about that. Super, so much, so much. But the, I, but I'm going to push it again. 119%, you know, only goes to the fact is what do you do with that? I mean, you have right. to convert that. I mean, right. Um, there is no business that I know of roughly 
um, that's legal at least that just <laughs> money rolls in that dollars just roll in. And that's the reality is you have to work for that. And I think that that's, you know, the dream is people just think, Oh, I'm going to have this great idea and people are going to come here and I'm just going to send an email and, you know, 27,000 people are going to open it up and go like, Oh my gosh, I need to do it. Or I need a website and they're all going to visit or whatever. So, I mean, that's really what I think people need to realize is, you know, there are so many ways to do it and emails are great uh, communication tools. Uh, You know, we talked last week about apps. There are so many great ways for kind of uh, Joe or Jane Q public to connect with their uh, potential um, audiences, but you just have to do it and you can't be afraid of doing it and, you know, try it out figure it out. And, right. you know, not, not a bad plug here, but if you can't do it, don't want to do it, give somebody Ask a call. Help. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, um, and that being said too, don't put all your eggs in one basket, you know, don't just invest all your dollars into an app or don't just do email marketing. Don't just do social media. I mean, there's going to be a mix in there, um, you know, of pushing out your content. And making sure you have the right mix to reach your audience is really important. So, right, that's right. I mean, there's there's something valuable about you know spending the right money, get the right thing done, versus wasting your time and spending extra dollars. Which right. you know, that's that's for we're trying to do it all just because it's new and hot. That doesn't make sense either. You know, so ask for help if you need help, or ask for help if you need deciding or what to test or you know where to put your eggs. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, eggs are important. We should have learned that a couple of weeks ago, but good. Don't go hunting for eggs. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a good one, Lauren. So pro email. So yes, on you that, heard nothing else. Just, <laughs> just do that. That's the message. <laughs> email marketing. Yes. Is worth it. Yes. Ye- there is a return. Yes. Yep. Try it. Try it. Now on that note, uh, for the G factor podcast, I'm Tony Van, And I'm Lauren Doherty. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to G factor. For more episodes, additional information, and a way to connect with Lauren and Tony, visit theguildfactor.com.